Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Have you been thinking about maybe having your own podcast? Well, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First and foremost, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor, they'll distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple and many more. With Anchor, you can start to make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership as well. It's truly everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. Welcome back to In My Heart, a podcast truly about all of the things in my heart and finding our freedoms. I'm your host, Heather Thompson. Be sure to stay tuned after today's interview for Holla Back. That's my Q&A where I'm answering questions from my listeners, so be sure to stay tuned. My next guest, Susan Feldman, is a perfect example of taking your love for travel, art, fashion, and design, and curiosity, and developing into a functional brand that really serves so many. Susan Feldman, at age 53, was inspired to create One King's Lane after moving from an apartment in New York City to a house in Los Angeles, where she experienced what she describes, well, a highly fragmented, difficult to shop home furnishings industry. So she took matters into her own hands and she created One King's Lane, which today is a daily source of shopping and design inspiration for millions of people. She's the founder of In the Groove, She moved all over this country as a child. Her journeys, her story are so inspiring. Susan, welcome. I'm so excited to have you. 
Thank you. I'm so happy to be here and talk to you. It's been way too long. I am so happy to be here. Well, I wanted to talk to you because Susan, so you guys tuning in, she grew up all over the United States. Her family moved, I think, something like eight times, right, before you graduated high school. Yeah. And yeah. growing up in different cities, you akin that to your, you know, building your curiosity and building your love for travel and art and fashion. And after graduating from college and, and getting your MBA at UCLA, you found yourself in fashion retail for many years. Yes. She worked with like of Macy's and Ralph Lauren, et cetera. And she moved from New York City to LA right before she consulted with me to help me launch my first entrepreneurial business, which I will never forget. I have such amazing fond memories of you 15 years ago. Can you believe it's 15 years ago? It's amazing. And that was so much fun, by the way. Yeah, we we had a great time. And I just knew that this was a woman who rocked my socks and I wanted to keep in touch with her and I wanted her in my life. And, you know, I went on to launch a very successful business and then she moved to LA because she's, she's got a very successful, happy marriage. They have two children, three children, pardon me, two daughters and a son. Yep. And her husband got a great opportunity for his career at DreamWorks. And so she left her fashion career behind and moved to LA. And so, you know, I want to have you on this podcast for so many reasons, but it's like supporting each other, chasing our dreams, the unbelievable reality of reinvention today that we need to talk about. So she moved to LA and it's always said that, you know, necessity is the mother of all invention, which is why I word that at my mouth. Yeah. Right. Why I started yummy and why Susan started one King's lane. So she moved to LA and she was having a hard time furnishing her home after moving from an apartment in New York city and found it really difficult. And I don't want to spend too much more time telling you about why she started it, but it was really out of a personal need. And she created an extremely successful business called One King's Lane, which is really the first online, like true online furniture retailer, which she successfully sold. She's still a big advocate of the brand, but she sold then to Bed Bath & Beyond and went on to create the groove. And I want to really talk about all that. So fill us in a little bit on everything I just said. Where do we, where do we start? Where do we start? You know, I think just going back to where you talking about that, I moved a lot growing up. So my dad was a retailer. So I think it is in my genes. I can't, I tried to get away from it. I just, it keeps drawing me back. But I think besides all the things that you mentioned, curiosity and interest in art and things like that, I experienced change a lot. So, you know, I may be not as uh, resistant to that as a lot of other people and willing to go out and take a leap and jump into something a little faster than other people, which I think actually has been something, especially the latter part of my life that has, you know, certainly helped me. And we did move out here. I continue to work as a consultant in the fashion business. I wasn't as happy doing what I had been doing. I had this idea for One King's Line. I actually like marinated on it for like over a year. And to your point, you know, I have an amazing husband who I give a lot of credit to for pushing me in the pool this time because he finally said to me, listen, if you think this is a good idea, like go do it. Because like literally what is the worst thing that could happen? And if not, please stop talking about it. Do it or shut up, right? (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. So I guess I 
thought, this is a really good idea. And within a very short period of time, I found a business partner, which is a whole other story. I mean, that was totally a leap of faith. I mean, within six weeks, we decided to do this together, which is crazy. And it worked out for, I think, a lot of reasons. We complimented each other. We were very different stages of our life. So it was just a really nice fit. And we just put like shields on and like went at it. And in five months, launched this business that took off like bonkers, you know, really quickly. So clearly what I was feeling and what I was needing, a lot of other people were as well. And we got to the market at the right time. We served, we really fit a need that a lot of people had and we executed well. Like the site was great and it was fun and it was, you know, very much of the moment. So all those things ended up making for, I think, a great business and we were able to build a great brand, which was a lot of fun. I love that. Now, so one of the things that I just want to just highlight for our listeners is that as an entrepreneur, a sure thing never fits into the equation. So everybody that I speak to myself, there's a leap of faith in everything. And, you know, there's just a, a belief in your passion, a belief in yourself, surrounding yourself with people that are going to help you achieve the goal and not the naysayers. Ugh, really? That's never going to work. You know, we get those people in our lives too. And you always will. I mean, they're there. They're just there. Yeah. Yeah. But to take a leap of faith is always going to be one of the prerequisites of leaning toward things that, that you love, leaning toward things that feeds your heart and soul. Maybe that nine to five job that you're easily going to get because your resume, you know, puts you in that position. Yeah. Now I'm going to get my paycheck every day. You know, I feel like I could do the job, but are you fed? Are you fueled? Are you happy doing that? And And by the way, I don't know, I'm not even sure the nine to five thing's a sure thing anymore. It's not, it's not a sure thing. I was going to say that. Then you look at, you know, working for somebody else and then, you know, you're at their kind of, you know, what, what they're deciding with their business and what they want. So I just wanted to say that life is full of challenges and life is full of kind of hard knocks, but having the belief and, you know, I'm going to actually quote something that Susan's dad says, you got to pave the way for there not being a stop point for the things you believe in. Right. Is that something that your dad did for you? Like when he, whenever you were at a moment in your life, you said, what would my dad do? Because Susan's dad had a successful career as a retailer, which she mentioned, but then at age 80, he started painting successfully to the point where he was doing gallery shows and people were buying his work. So you well, had and this- the thing that's even more, sorry, I just, I can no. just remark at 78, went back to school Amazing. and got his MFA and graduated cap and gown, the whole thing at 80 years old, and then started painting and doing gallery shows and things like that. So he totally reinvented himself and, you know, it was something he wanted to do and he just kind of figured out how to do it. And I watched him do that. And it was really, you know, a remarkable thing to see and then see what the end result was. And, you know, obviously very inspirational. So that's amazing. So one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on is because I wanted to talk about reinvention and kind of dreams and, you know, remember, so Susan left a very successful fashion career and consulting career and made a leap of faith at 50 Launching 53. 53, okay, at 53 <laughs> and launched One King's Lane. And now in her 60s, she's just really launched into her whole new venture. And that is your new love and baby. And that is, you're the founder of The Groove. So can you talk a little bit about The Groove and why yeah. you felt it was important? 
So here's the thing. I started One King's Lane at 53. I never even thought like about my age at that point. Like it just never dawned on me. Oh, I'm too old to start anything. I never even realized that age was an issue until, you know, we became successful and our PR people would come to us and say, hey, Vanity Fair wants to do a story on you and Allie. That's my co-founder. But the only way they're going to do it is if you allow them to put your age in the article. And I was like, okay, so what? Like, great, let's do it. You know, I think so many people are so concerned about that and not owning their age. So that was a while ago, like tip off, like there's something not quite right out there. And then as we were actually getting ready to sell One King's Lane, a girlfriend of mine I went to Stanford with posted a picture on Facebook with a couple of girlfriends. They were celebrating somebody's 50th birthday. And the hashtag was at 50, we're not invisible. And I was like, I think they think that's funny and I do not find that amusing at all. That's like terrible. You know, like, what is that? Right. Because I wasn't feeling like that. I had just built this great company. We had sold it. I'm in a good relationship. Like my life was good and I was feeling good. Of course, there's bumps along the way, like you said. And I started talking to a lot of friends around and everybody started saying the same thing. They're like, yeah, I just do not feel good. I feel invisible. I feel totally irrelevant. Like I used to be like this big person that walked in the room and everyone would stop and now no one listens to me. And I'm like, wow, what is going on? And then my first question was, well, who's serving this demographic digitally, right? Like, and so I started doing some research and, you know, there's sites like obviously AARP out there, which, you know, huge successful business, but really not speaking to me. Me Like my 90 year old mother loves it, you know, that's cool. And they do a great job, but it just wasn't like my thing. Right. And then there was nothing in the middle. The end is like this very fragmented um, group of bloggers, a lot of women that were frustrated and that's what they did. They took to blogging as a way to release those frustrations, but nobody had built a brand that was a go-to brand for women. Let's just say, I, I don't even like to put an age to it, but we'll right. say 50 plus, could be 45 right. plus. And so I'm like, wow, this is crazy. Then I started researching. So this demographic is huge. It's second to millennials. It's growing very quickly quickly. We own something like 70% of the wealth in this country. We're super consumers. We spend 250% more than anybody else. And nobody is serving us. us. Nobody's talking to us, marketers, nothing. I was like, this is bonkers. Like, this is like a white space, like, you know, huge opportunity, like I've never seen before. And honestly, it was so big. I wasn't quite sure where to even go at it because Mm -hmm. I just felt like nothing was really being done that was like cool and new and modern. So I did some focus groups and again, heard the same thing from women, CEOs of companies, you know, it didn't matter if you were working, not working, married, divorced, kids, it didn't matter. Everybody said this, everyone used that word invisible. Right. And I'm like, we have got to change that. So I felt that by actually creating, get in the groove and putting something together that was fun. We didn't take ourselves too seriously. It was very informative, lots of curation, lots of information that I could help this woman stay in the groove. Yes. You know, and that's, you know, basically where we're at right now. Because I think one of the reasons that people do feel invisible, sorry, and I'll be quiet in a second, no. is because you do go through a lot at midlife. So yes. physically, mentally, emotionally, professionally. And it's a little bit of, I think of it sort of like as getting through a tunnel, you know, it's not really all that unlike what happens early in our life at puberty, but you have to get through this tunnel. 
And as you're going through that, you kind of tend to check out a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. So when you check back in, a lot has changed. And now you feel like you can't, you, you don't- You're lost. You, you're not caught up with everything. You can't keep up. Because everything's moving so quickly today. Yeah, yeah. And so you've got to stay curious and engaged and informed and continue to educate yourself. Totally. I, I got to tell you, one of the reasons why I started this podcast was I want to basically say menopause. <laughs> you know what I mean? It really yeah. was. Like, I found that there were so many subjects and so many things that I had questions on, but I learned that we've, my generation, you know, I just turned 50, your generation- we were semi-raised in this box of super ego, right? Where we do what we're told we're supposed to do. We're supposed to go to college. Yeah, right. We're pleasers. And, you know, think about, you know, women's rights and how just your generation into my generation into present time talking about the glass ceiling and equality. And I talk about the pendulum swing all the time right now. And it's like, you know, my friend Mark Seiden, who's the CEO of a, a brand called Cloudwater said, it's just flying now the pendulum, you know, yeah. and I completely agree. I mean, it's just like to find the equilibrium again right now to find the balance is hard just generally in life to, to find it as an aging woman. You know yes. what I mean? And I even hate to say aging woman because that's, I sound like my mother, but to fight it as I reached my 40s, my late 40s and my 50s, I really felt there was nothing out there for me. I felt lost. You feel that nobody really tells you the truth, right? Nobody tells you what menopause really feels like because in my mother's generation and in your mother's generation and partially in yours and partially in mine, you sweep it under the carpet. You don't talk about it. Women suffer silently. Totally. It's hormones. It's like the way that we're built. Our DNA is so different than that of a man. And we don't get to talk about it because we're supposed to suffer silently. So your friends call it invisible. I call it silent suffering, you know, without any help out there. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's real. And it's a real moment. And I wanted to talk to you about it because I wanted my age listeners to not feel alone. And I wanted the youth that's listening today to be a little bit more prepared for the future and be able to talk about it now. It's right. I mean, you know, it's funny because when I started going through menopause, there's a lot of things genetically that happened. So of course I went to my mother and I'm like, how long were you in menopause? Yeah. And she's like, no, I don't know. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Did you have hot flashes? Yeah, I can't remember. Right. You know. So I think to your point, it's like women who were maybe on the cusp of this and I was telling them what I was doing, like, oh, that's that's nice. That's really good. And then they hit menopause and they call me up. This has happened a bunch of times. And they're like, what the F? There yes. is nothing out there. Like what I get it now. Like I totally get why you're doing this and you know, at least starting a conversation about it, because these are things that nobody, to your point, ever talked about before. Right, right. You know, nobody talked about all the side effects of menopause. Nobody talked about how hard it was when your kids went off and you became empty nester to maybe reconnect with your partner of 20 years who you've hardly said three words to. You yeah. know? Nobody talked about how as a woman in her 50s being professionally exited out of their job. I mean, yes. there are just so many things that go on. The flip side of that, there are so many freaking awesome things yes. that are happening, yes. which I think is really important too. Nobody was talking about all that as well, which is, of course, to your point, it goes back sort of to the beginning. There's always going to be challenges. Every, you know, nothing That's is. Life. 
that is life, right? But the point is, is like, this is amazing right now. And when you think about getting to 50, you really only at this point, given our lifespan, you're only like halfway there. Yes. you got a lot of room to do whatever you want to do. And by the way, when you get to 50, you have that sort of a lot of times freedom and flexibility to do things that maybe you've dreamt about, or maybe you thought I could be good at that, or I've always wanted to take that class because your kids are grown and you don't have that responsibility. And again, we're kind of the first generation out there doing all this. We're sort of paving the way. So we don't really know what we're doing either, but we're trying to figure it out. You but know? we know there's a pot of gold at the end of that rainbow. There's a yes. pot of gold. I, I think that that's so important because, you know, having resources in a community to go to and understand, you know, things that are happening are, are really important. And as we dive into these years, and like you say, you know, empty nesting or 16 years married and two teenagers and career changes and life changes and just difficulty communicating as right. a couple, you know, really when to throw in the towel and when to, you know, fight for it. I mean, whether it's a, a relationship, a, a friendship, a career choice, like we do have choices. And I feel like certain past generations and ours, you know, we feel stuck. You know, I remember at one point thinking in my thirties when I was working for Puffy, you know what I mean? And I was like in the thick of it, that if I didn't achieve certain things by a certain time, that that window will have gone away. I remember thinking this expediency in my thirties that I had to achieve. And I was so driven by it. And to look back now at that at 50, I'm like, (laughs) I wish I could, you know, had Heather 50 on Heather 30's shoulder to talk to. Yeah. And I think that matriarchal, you know, that has changed because the generations don't necessarily relate to each other anymore because of the rapid change that we've seen in the past 40 years. Well, I think that's actually a really good thing. One of the things we we try to do it, we haven't done tons of it, but I think it's really important is this idea, we call it bridging the gap, right? Yeah. So the idea that we have been really polarized as generations, but I think I've learned this actually in starting Get In The Groove because I sit next to a 27-year-old woman while I used to until COVID, but every day. And I've learned so much from her. And when I don't know something, she, of course, knows immediately culturally. But she also has learned so much, I think, from sitting next to me. Yes. And I think there needs to be more of that, mm-hmm. right? And in a weird way, I think the pandemic has kind of done a little bit of that, like maybe even within families, right? Because people have had to spend more time together. They're talking, they're you know sharing those sort of life experiences and who knows what it's going to be. But I feel like I can learn so much from that generation, especially to help me keep going. Yes. And I think they want to know how the hell did you get there and what did you do? because I want to try to do those things too. I want to be, have a career and I want to have raise a family and I want to be in a healthy relationship or know when to get out of one that isn't, you know, all those kind of things. So this idea of this cross-generational exchange of information, I think is so important. You guys ever wake up some mornings when you just are feeling like ready to pull the covers back over your head and lay back down and get some more Z's? Well, no judgment, of course, but wouldn't it be great if it's because having the most comfortable sheets was the reason why you wanted to pull those sheets over your head? Well, if you don't love your sheets, I'm going to share with you my favorite sleep secret, and that's Brooklyn. 
They have you covered. It was started by Rich and Vicky. They tried to find beautiful home essentials that didn't cost an arm and a leg. And when they couldn't, they founded Brooklinen. It's really the first direct-to-consumer bedding company that I ever saw. And it has a variety of sheets, colors, patterns, and materials to fit your needs and your specific tastes. I mean, Brooklinen is so confident you love their products. They offer a 365-day money-back guarantee. Well, they'll never get my sheets back. In fact, one set isn't enough. I oftentimes wash them and wait for them to wash and dry to put them right back on my bed instead of switching them out with another set. If you have people on your list who are hard to please, head to brooklinen.com and check out their entire selection of bedding, towels, loungewear, and even more. So... Brooke Linen is partnering with me and you can go to brooklinen.com and use the promo code in my heart to get 10% off your first order and free shipping. So that's Brooke Linen, B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. And just enter the promo code in my heart for 10% off your first order plus free shipping and start getting the best night's sleep that you can right now on the best sheets you can get your hands on. I love them. Don't sleep on it. So one of the things that I wanted to talk about a little bit is because you've really done so much research and you've got all this wisdom and I personally look up to you, we're going to speak to our demographic too, but I'd like to try to give some advice to the 20s and 30s that are listening. Can we Mm. give them some of your wisdom? I think after going through six, almost 65 years and going through a lot of different things. And I think also where we are today in the world, like maybe 10 years from now, this wouldn't be my advice, but whatever it is, just keep it simple. Like, you know, and maybe this is a new way of saying, don't sweat the small stuff or, you know, whatever. But I think it's so true. Like, I just feel like when I get rid of all that stuff that complicates things, whether it's friends that are giving you a hard time or things that you're doing that you don't want to do. Once you get rid of all that stuff and keep things simple, it's just much better. And the same thing goes to like starting a company even too, right? Because the world is so crazy fast. And if you don't do something simple and people get it like that, it's not going to work. Yeah. Maybe it just sounds like something you would hear all the time, but I think it's really true. And like, as I've started living my life like that, it just, it feels better and easier and like have more clarity and can see things a lot easier. Yeah, no, I think it's very good advice. And I think it's clean, easy advice to understand. And I think that's what it is, is we tend to complicate our own lives. And sometimes I remember in my twenties and thirties, like I never thought about like leaving a job sometimes that I wasn't happy at. It was like, that was my job. I had to stick it through. I had to do the work. I had to put my head down. I had to take the shit, you know, I had to do it. And I'm pleased about the millennial generation that they definitely, you know, see the world as their oyster. And they also, I would say, feel compelled to be responsible for it. I think that that's a beautiful change, you know, watching a young generation come up. But I also think that taking the ownership of something, you know, digging deep into something and then recognizing when it's time to make a change for yourself. Like you don't have to carry all the baggage around. Like I I carried a lot of guilt around. You know what I mean? If I didn't feel away or I didn't want to go somewhere, I didn't want to go with a friend. I was always the one that did it. And I think that we have to have freedom in our choices and not always feel so bad. Like I'm not responsible for the way you feel. Like you're not responsible for the way I feel. 
right? That's Taking right. some yeah. ownership of our feelings. And, yeah. and I wasn't taught that in my 20s and 30s. Do you know what I mean? Like you got to steer your own ship. I think that's true. And I think this generation is so much better. Like you mentioned this before. And I think I was completely, you know, being a pleaser. Like I wanted to please everybody and do the right thing. And I mean, that's been something that within the last few years, I'd say that's a 60s something, but you can get it before then is yeah. learning how to say no. Yes. Somebody famous said no, and that's the full sentence. Yeah, no. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I think that's important. And then if we go back to like our kind of, you know, folks and kind of a new way of looking at 50 and that age is just a number. I mean, I'm certainly really inspired to know that like tomorrow's a new day, like every day is a new day and I get to live in the moment. I get to use my wisdom and I can recreate and have a very long and rich life ahead of me. I mean, I know some people that when they turn 50, they like start to think about retirement. They're like, well, you know, all that hard work, I can let everything go. Like I want to have the sickest body. I want to be in the best shape at 50 because I know better now. Yeah. I think the other thing that happens is at that point, you want to look good, but then you also realize, okay, there's work to be done inside because if I'm feeling good inside, if I'm in a good relationship and I'm in a job that I like, or I'm working on something that I really enjoy and I find fulfilling, like all that stuff, just energy that comes out of you. And then of course you have to do, you know, the other work. Yeah then you feel good about it. Like, it's funny. I've started doing Pilates a lot the last few years and I love it. I really, you know, it's the one exercise that I found in my life. And maybe it's just because of where I am that I really enjoy because it makes me feel good. But the point is like, I'm feeling good inside. And then that's a lot easier. You know, you can always lose a few get, you know, whatever, but it's like, at least I feel like I'm going in the right direction. Yeah. I feel a lot better about that kind of thing too, where I'm not as, I'm not tough on myself anymore. You know, being healthy is the most important. I want to stack the odds in my favor toward longevity so that when I'm 70 years old, I'm as sharp as a tack, you know, and we can do that. We can reverse our DNA. We can look at our parents and our grandparents and see what their challenges were and educate ourselves about the way we can use what we're nourishing our bodies with, how we're using our bodies. But really a big important factor in life is happiness. Yeah. People don't really put enough kind of wager on happiness and as much as they don't on sleep. Do you know what I mean? Like restful sleep and happiness and things like that. I learned in nutrition school and I always talk about it that, you know, you can eat as much leafy greens as you want all day long. That doesn't make you a healthy human being. It's got to be a full plate where your all your pistons are firing. You know, your RPMs are all revved by an engine that is full of an important spiritual practice, you know, a career that is fulfilling to you, relationships that are fulfilling to you, you know, people around you that are fulfilling to you. If you don't have all of those things too, then there's always going to be something dragging you down. And I guess none of us have it all, all the time, but when can we say, wow, today was a really good day and I'm grateful for today. And I really lived in today and I look forward to another better tomorrow. And if it's not so good, I'm going to chalk it up and deal with it and take the lessons I learned because it's only a mistake if I make it twice. The first time it's a lesson and then go on and live my life and try to live it better the next day. And I think that we lost sight of that somehow. And then we lost the communities into where to find that information with all the disruption that happened in the world. So I can't tell you myself how excited I was to hear about In the Groove 
please everybody check it out. I'm going to ask Susan at the end of the podcast to tell you again where to find her. Yeah. But it's definitely a website full of resources for us 40, 50s, 60s, 70s people. But girls, yeah. if you want it, and guys, if you want to get a little precursor into it, you 20s and 30s, you log on to and you can see what we're talking about. But before exactly. I let you go, I just, be, you know, listen, we're both, you know, been in the fashion industry for a long time. And whether it's furniture or fashion, you know, I've always admired your style. Talk to us about just two or three fabulous things that you're like in love with right now that we may not know about because you're such a good like style maker, you know? couple things that I'm really loving. And I did a thing a couple months ago with Goop on my morning routine. And so I learned, started learning a lot, which I hadn't been paying enough attention to about clean beauty. Mm-hmm. And I'm still in that journey of trying to understand and sort of replace things. But the first thing that was like so obvious was my perfume, which, you know, I thought was this beautiful, expensive perfume that I had been using. And they're like, oh, that was like really bad. Like we will not put that on on our site. So I found out about this new brand, which I love, which is called Heretic. And it's all clean perfumes. It's fabulous. (gasps) The one that I love is called Dirty Rose. I love that you brought that up because now you're talking my language. Clean beauty is something that I'm an ad- not only am I an advocate for, but you know, I really am a user believer. And I used to be told that natural skincare, natural beauty was never strong enough. You needed the sun, you needed all this stuff. And so yeah. there's a brand that I want to introduce you to. It's umbrella name is Emergency, and the okay. Raw Ceuticals collection is all cold press chemistry. And it oh, has wow. changed my skin. So Rawceuticals, I use the clean cleanser. It's an oil-based cleanser. I never thought I would use that on my skin. It has changed my skin entirely. Yeah. And I went through menopause. So like th- that's also p- problems that happen with your skin when you're going through menopause. And I was trying everything under the sun. I was doing laser treatments. I was going to dermatologist after dermatologist. Cold press essential oils, real true nature is what saved my skin. And when Susan talks about fragrance, you guys, that's one of those labeling hideaways where when you see fragrance in products, it can mean just about anything under the sun and it's chemicals and it's never natural and it's poison. If it's natural, it's essential oils and her dirty rose that she loves so much from this company, no batch will ever be exactly alike, even though they keep a continuity because essential oils will move and shake by the way the plant grows and all that kind of stuff. So I love that as a surprise. Like, oh my God, I love this one. It's a little, I I smell a little of that more in it or whatever. The one other thing that I found is a new cream called Mutha, M-U-T-H-A. It comes in a great, beautiful, purple, fun jar. Again, it's clean beauty. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but it was, my hands have been so dry from all the alcohol. Yeah. And it's feels very rich when you put it on, but it's not, I don't know what it is. There's you rub no it aftermath in. to it. It like, it's yeah. called the, it's called the dry down is what they call it in beauty. The dry down is really good. And by the way, yes, I never thought that my hands would consume more alcohol than my mouth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is that is not the case but i mean there are some silver linings in all this right like i mean i've been wearing nail polish for 40 years and like it's been so nice not to have 
manicures and pedicures. I'm now, now I'm in the mood for a pedicure. Right, exactly. Well, I could talk to you for hours and hours and I'm going to, I really, really hope that I can have you back and hopefully I can sit together with you soon and give you a big fat hug instead of virtually. So I'm so happy to have you on. I'm going to ask you two questions before you go. The first one is finding our freedoms. You know, it looks different at every age at every size and every day sometimes it changes, but can you give us a little tip on how we find our freedoms? For me right now, it's, and I think this is just an important tip anyway, it's about listening. I think we just have to all be better listeners. And I think from that we'll learn. And then from that things start to change. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, Be a better listener, listen to other people, have empathy for other people, understand someone different than you, you know, and that's finding freedom in community, right? In relationship, right? And breaking down barriers. I love that. Last but most important, please let my listeners know where to find you, Susan Feldman. You can sign up and come visit our website is getinthegroove.com. On social, uh, Instagram and Facebook, we're getinthegroove1. And you can follow me certainly on Instagram. I'm Susan K. Feldman. Love it. Love it. Love it. That's That's you. I know because I follow you. So big hugs to you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's so much fun. I hope we get to, we'll do a follow-up. Let's do that. Post-COVID. That is a definite plan. Wow. Welcome to Hollaback. This is the part of my podcast where I answer all of your questions. My next question is from at Snap Pops. And Snap Pops asks, would you consider doing a reality show again? Would you do Housewives again? Well, the obvious answer to that is yes. I, I would definitely. I mean, I've been on Housewives really since I left in very small cameos that are always lots of fun to show back up. And so... I would, you know, I would definitely do a reality show if it, if it felt right to me and, you know, making small little cameos on the Real Houses of New York, as long as they'll have me or that I'm asked to, you know, I, I, I love doing that. And that's always been great. But as, in, in terms of returning full time to the Real Houses of New York as the way we see it now, I do not think that is in my future. No, thank you for the question. My next question is from at Spacey underscore Jakey. And Jakey asks, what was your favorite part of the housewives? Uh, my favorite part of the housewives, I mean, an obvious answer is my relationship with Carol. I mean, it's just a, a beautiful friendship that I cherish and I love her. And she was the best thing that came out of the housewives for me. But my favorite part of the housewives was definitely the unknown, you know, doing something that I had never done before, or, you know, had even an inkling that I ever thought I would do. And then it happened. And I I manifested it as I spoke to uh, Adam about on my my last podcast with Adam Glassman. So my favorite part of the housewives was stepping out of my comfort zone, and, you know, taking the good with the bad. And I did have a lot of good times on the show. Thanks for the question. Love you all and be sure to follow along at I am Heather T and send me any questions. Don't forget to subscribe and download wherever you stream your podcast and join us next week for another episode. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death 
in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook Games.